Hurry, Jojo. We need to sound normal. Just, just give me a moment. Okay, I'm just uh, adjusting a few things. Uh, uh, how do I sound now? Uh, oh, I need, I need to tweak the game a little bit. Um, just, just, just a little bit more. Sure. Sure. Why not? This this, this will work. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds sounds terrific. This is critically optimistic, a movie podcast, and we're not going to talk about just one movie. But we're going to talk about two movies, aren't we, Jojo? Yes, that is right. We're having a special Brian De Palma double feature where we're both going to watch... Sorry, we're both going to review Phantom of the Paradise and um, Blowout, which are two very fine examples of uh, Brian De Palma. And I'm very excited to do this podcast today. I think it's going to be one of our best episodes, considering it's our third. <laughs> I, I believe so, too. And I um, I, I have a huge uh, respect for De Palma. And I'm very interested in hearing your takes on um, both these movies. And uh, I'm also very confident that it will be a great, great episode. And uh, Well, we should start off by doing our first film. And I think you know which one that is. Oh yes, and that is without a doubt Phantom of the Paradise. Fox presents Phantom of the Paradise, a gothic horror story. What was that? A beautiful love story. A cinematic odyssey through the rock universe. Before I, before I want, before I'm going to introduce the, um, introduce the whole plot of this movie i i just i just want to open up with the opening line of phantom of the paradise because it it just summarizes it just summarizes the whole narrative of swan that's the bad guy in um that's the main villain in um in phantom of the paradise and it just just right at the get-go you just get this brilliant introduction of what this movie is going to be about so it goes as it goes as follows swan he has no other name his past is a mystery but his work is already a legend he wrote and produced his first gold record at 14 in the years since then he has won so many other that he once tried to deposit them in fort knox he brought the blues to Britain. He brought Liverpool to America. He brought folk and rock together. His band, the Juicy Fruits, single-handedly gave birth to the nostalgia wave of the 70s. Now he is looking for the new sound of the spheres, the inaugurate his own, to inaugurate his own Sanadu, his own Disneyland, the paradise, which is the paradise, the ultimate rock palace. This film is the story of that search of that sound of the man who made it the girl who sang it and the monster who stole it and that just there is just a great introduction to uh to a movie and goosebumps i'm telling you judge oh yes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) so the so this film is about um 
this evil record producer called Swan, and he has his own luxurious. Um, he has his own luxurious. Um, uh, rock hall, almost like a rock and roll hall of fame type of um, hall, and he, it, you you notice right at the get go that it it it's it's failing. So Swan is is trying to to trying to get this new uh, get a big thing going in the paradise, and um, here we are introduced to our main character um, who's named Winslow Leach. Uh, this piano player who has written his own cantata, um, a 14-page, a 14-page uh, score of Faust. And yeah, Faust. Faust. That's right too. Yeah. I was trying to, I was racking my brain. Sorry to throw you off, but I could not remember. I was like, oh god, if Jar Jar doesn't remember, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. Yes, it's really good. And. Um, he basically plays a piece of um, of his cantata, and Swan instantly um, f feels that is a great piece of music. So he obviously wants to steal it from him. And uh, Winslow, uh, being his cantata, um, he doesn't want anything to happen to this music. He wants the full uh, control of it. Um, so Juan basically steals the piece from him and he ri basically rips him off and he also bribes him or, or not bribes him but he makes sure that he also goes to prison uh, therefore his his old cantata being Swan in Swan's possession uh, so Winslow managed to escape from prison and he uh, in a very daring prison escape, I have to add. <laughs> um, yes, very daring. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Winslow tries to steal back the, his his piece, but uh, he he ends up in an accident where his face gets pressed into this uh, record press, and which scars his entire face. And uh, Swan basically creates this whole uh, stage show of stage show of um of faust and um and so winslow dons this uh dress up uh, he has this mask and he basically sabotages the whole stage stage production and uh and yeah we have a couple of songs here it's it's not a musical in the traditional sense it's more a no it's it's more of a film based the, the music i'm trying to think the music is more of a more of a seasoning to the film does that make sense absolutely yes it because it's it's not it's not like they're breaking into dance and song like every every other line it's the the music is a part of the movie and it's very natural uh, so it doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel that gimmicky as most other musicals does uh, and i i like that i like that part a lot and um and basically what what's what swan does he creates his cantata into this noisy rock opera <laughs> which which uh, winslow doesn't like at all <laughs> and there's this one scene where uh swan is sitting in the center of a room uh in like a 
table that's formed like a record and it shows the many possible ways he's exploiting this piece like first it's showing some country music and then it's showing some some gospel soul music and then it's showing some screamy rock music and i that was a perfect um uh, we'll get more into that by detail um uh, yeah well, as we go on with the yeah. as we go on with how we feel about the film definitely and i don't think we should spoil everything i might oh. i think we might be able to talk about this one without actually spoiling i it. i think so too like like yeah like i i, f- I feel i've uh, summarized the the at least what the movie is about it's it's about this um this piano player who gets his piece stolen from him and he wants to exact vengeance that's probably the perfect way to describe the the, the plot of this movie without revealing um any huge details um so um yeah right off the bat it's definitely obvious to anyone who has eyeballs that it is uh more or less a retelling of the phantom of the opera oh yes that's that's clear as absolutely 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 and i i like that it also it's mostly based off of um the hammer horror version of phantom of the opera uh which pretty much is the same same plot um uh like this uh the, the phantom in that movie like sabotages the, the the stage show and um yeah like if, if, you, if you haven't seen that one i, I can definitely recommend it because it, it it wasn't a bad movie at all and uh and yeah that, like obviously there have been a lot of uh phantom of the opera reimaginings but i've never seen a reimagining like this in the very poppy way in a very uh it's flashy. Well, it's flashy. This is the reimagining modern. that you want to do. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. the reimagining where it's nowhere near what the original is, but yet anyone can tell that, oh, this is inspired by yada yada. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And and the the whole feel and atmosphere of this movie is... I, I, I love it. It's, it's very american pop and it's very flashy and it's it's just a very cool rock opera in the same vein as rocky horror picture show or um uh, some other examples i could probably come up with um but uh yeah it will but without having the music tied to the story i think that's the biggest thing even though it is like there is representations of the music mirroring the story that obviously um you can't have the music not be a part of the movie oh but no, this one's yeah. not directly a part of the movie yes that is absolutely that's that is absolutely true and i feel the the the, the, the whole music in this movie is also done really well um yeah definitely you also, you also get like i i really love the fact that you have this band the juicy fruits uh, that is like the main band in the movie and they show off like three different genres throughout the whole throughout the whole um whole movie like it opens with goodbye eddie which is like um which is like a very rockabilly 50s song and then it goes yep. over to um to a very 
Beach Boys inspired surf rock song. And then you have the very gothic hard rock song uh, near the end. Technically, it's not them, <laughs> but it's the same actors. Yeah, yes, yes, that's true. I think they have, like, did, I think, yeah, they have different band names, like the Juicy Fruits, and then you have the uh, something Beach, and then the the undead is the last band <laughs> but but well, yeah. i would like to say before we keep going into the rest of like uh, our overall feeling of the film mm. is i did get to see this film in theaters which was really awesome i can imagine the, that the speakers oh. just pull put on max and everybody um fully enjoying the movie i mean wow. it was a great experience and i think one of the best things to segue this conversation about the film is like I was in there, the film starts and it just goes and then it's Ooh, over. Yes. And it, it's kind of what you want because you never want to feel like like you're just as soon as you put the your foot down on the acceleration, yes, and then you get to the end, it's it's a ride, you know, and that's what this film wants to be. It's just a ride. Absolutely, and oh, I, I would have wished that I saw this at at a um, at a cinema because I can, I can definitely understand that this the whole feeling would be ten times more expect, spectacular if you watch it on the big screen. And and I I definitely agree with you. You from the start to the end of this movie, you, you yeah, you're not bored one second of this movie because yeah. there's so much things going on and it's it is it's so apparent especially with the start because the start is not like there's so much that yeah. happens at the start and you think that oh man, you could drag that out for so long, but the the film knows what it wants to do and it says we could give you detail or we can kind of montage it and really just like nitpick what we're going to show you and what you really need to know. And, and it does it perfectly. Mm, absolutely. I, I Honestly, to, to be honest, the start of the film is probably my favorite bit of the film. That's a weird thing to say about this film particularly, but I, it's just the way it was done was so unique yeah. that I, I honestly loved it. I think so too. And the, the fact that you don't see Swan's face right away, uh, also just, uh, you only see him clapping to the, to Winslow's score. And I, um, yeah, that is very chilling. And, yeah. and later on, when you finally get introduced to Swan, it gets introduced in the best way possible. <laughs> Where it just utters the, utters the phrase, um, uh, get this F word out of here. <laughs> just... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, oh man, that movie was definitely a wild ride. Um, <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about the acting, because I think we, the general feel of the movie, we both gave a really good impression of it. Oh, yeah. There's... Well, you know, one thing we didn't really say, though, is it, there's a lot of comedy in the film. Like, a hell of a lot of comedy. Oh, in the oh film. yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it is definitely a movie that doesn't, at a lot of times, doesn't take itself seriously. But No, not it, at all. But it's still so well-crafted that you don't, it, it doesn't matter if it's uh, goofy at times or if it's uh, not very serious because the, the story is, is, the story is very, griping enough already that 
it, it doesn't matter if it's goofy or silly. It's almost like um, a good uh, example would be if you compare it to Return of the Living Dead. That's another movie that is very goofy in atmosphere, but it's still a very good, well-crafted movie. Um, and yeah, yeah, I can completely agree with that. Yeah, I kind of feel that this movie is kind of trying to do the same. Even yeah, but I think this is like many years before return of the living dead but but yeah it's 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 definitely in the in the same vein and um acting is yeah is is william finley is wislow paul williams is swan yeah Uh, we got jessica harper as phoenix and then the list kind of goes on but those are the three mains yeah um and i think all of them did a fantastic job before i let you get into it Mm. there okay there is something i have to say ever since i saw the film i have had paul williams in like five of my dreams oh (laughs) that would be that sounds nice (laughs) (laughs) he's just been playing different characters in my dreams he hasn't even been playing a character out of the uh, Phantom of the Paradise. He's just been there. <laughs> Wonderful. And I don't know if that's because his short little presence has wormed its way into my brain. But yeah, it obviously he was the most effective thing to me without me even knowing it. Oh yeah, and I I just love his performance so much. Um, him as Swan, he just has that constant shitting and grin on his face and uh, he does, yeah. he's, he's just such a well-written villain that he has easily become a, become one of my favorite villains in in films and he's there there is a particular scene with uh swan i really love and that is um when he's sitting in the bathtub uh, it's kind of like a flashback to um it's kind of like a flashback to uh, to before he became famous with the paradise and he 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 wants to slit his wrist and on the screen comes like a projection of himself as the devil and it just um just him in him engaging with himself is just a very well-crafted scene and uh even though he doesn't have a huge track record in film i thought he did an amazing amazing job uh because he did he did a really good job and i agree with you on that scene because he could play like throughout the whole film you you know him and you see him as the swan that well the the swan that's basically up to no good and then you see that um past version of him and it really is night and day like it's a different person and he could play it really well oh yeah yeah and like like Paul Williams is most famously known for uh, creating the music for uh, the Muppet Show, and um, uh, yeah, he's he's most famous within music, and I, I think it's also very fitting that but the Palma casted him as this evil record producer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah. onto the other actors like Jessica Harper, she she is most no most famous for her role in suspiria um and um yeah she's she's an actor who has a huge cult following doesn't have a huge track record either but because of her one role in suspiria she um people really love her and Mm. yeah this was this was like three years before suspiria and uh yeah well she and she she also is in other films that have 
decent following, like Shock Treatment. Yes, uh, yeah, that's right. She's my in... favorite, my favorite year is one of them as well too. Um, f- even though she's not, it's a older. Uh, well, not really older. I should say nineteen eighties. What did you call this that? Was, my my favorite year. My, my favorite year. Yeah, that's one of them. Oh, you mean when yeah. Shock Treatment when Shock Treatment came out? You mean, or is that? No, uh, literally the, the other movie she's in is called My Favorite Year. Oh right, yeah. Oh, there, yeah, there it so, is. Yeah. yeah, um, and yeah, I guess the same. The really the same can be said with all of the actors that star mm. in this movie. Is they're not huge blockbuster names, but they all fit their role better than anyone else could. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. Like uh, <clears throat> even that, even that henchman who's named Philbin, <laughs> even he does a pretty solid performance as the as the the asshole who harasses the <laughs> the, the, the women backstage and um, and uh, yeah, it's just solid acting throughout this whole movie. Um, because oh, also we we gotta say uh, Garrett Graham. Who oh, plays, um, he played Beef. What's his name? Beef? Yeah, yeah. that's how just <laughs> Beef. <laughs> Great name. Great name, definitely. And yeah, he he has also played in... Um, he's played in Chud 2, Chud Bud the Chud, which is a very... Um, <clears throat> which is a... He's also played in Chopping Mall. So yeah, Chopping Mall, Hi Mom, Child's Play 2. <laughs> yeah, so he's um, played in a lot of B-movies. and Yeah. Well respected B movies. Oh, say that. absolutely, absolutely. Because Chopping Mall is a is a B movie masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So the acting, I I don't have any problem with any of the acting. Me, me neither. It's no, it's done re- really fantastic. And um, yeah, I actually say without bef- before getting to more about talking about De Palma. Mm. Um. He knows how to cast people for his films like that. Oh, that is without clear as day. Yeah, and even to like the littlest roles, everybody's casted perfectly. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's huge respect for De Palma, and um, Mm -hmm. yeah, like we we definitely need to. uh, We will get down to more De Palmaisms later on in this episode because it. Uh, we can't go out uh, end this episode without mentioning a little bit about De Palma because he's he's definitely one of my favorite directors uh, he's amongst my top five uh, definitely and um, what did uh, you think about the production like um, the set designs and all that stuff for the film because I think everything everything's super unique yeah I mean, it is yeah the like, costume design alone well we can't really talk about this without mentioning the the phantom's uh costume oh which is yeah almost really reminiscent of um oh it's a japanese movie and i can't remember the name oh um, yes you might have to keep talking while i look this up oh but, yeah yeah go on with but, go but, on with what but, but uh, yes the the, the the general production and the set design is i i feel it's fantastic it works um 
from one scene to the other i there's just so much going on in that scene especially that whole climatic end at the end um, when they're having that wedding on stage and there's just so much going on a lot of colors and it's very um it's it's very it's over sickening with colors and i love that and the same can be said with any scene that shows any of the songs um uh, especially there's that one song called um somebody uh somebody super with you um that's that goth rock song and it it starts with this stage show where they're pretty much um where they're pretty much um where they're pretty much this song is about that, build, building. Did I distract you with the image that I just sent you? A, a little bit, because that was a very good image. <laughs> because it, it 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 builds up this song about building a corpse, and then it immediately cuts to Beef's song um, "Live at Last," and it, it just it just fits so well. And the costuming is done perfect. Um, yeah, it really it really is, and I think. That's one of the biggest things with doing a Phantom of the Opera sort of retelling is like no matter what you got to have good costumes. And oh this, yes, <laughs> this kind of goes above that too. You know, it's like well, if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and they just go ham with it. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, the reason Jar Jar stops is because I sent him an image of <laughs> every time I see it. This is what it reminds me of. So it's from a show called. Um, Battle of the Planets. Anyone can look this up. Just look up Battle of the Planets on Google, and you'll see that the costume the main character wears in the show, it, 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 there's a resemblance there. You definitely, I can I can definitely see the resemblance. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, that's what it, it makes me think of a lot. It does, yeah, and I'm I'm sure there is a lot of pop culture that is infused in this movie. Like it, it. It can't be only Phantom of the Opera um, that. No, it can't. I don't think that is, and I think there's there is information out there saying that it's not just Phantom of the Opera, mm. but the costume is reminiscent of its very um, interesting use of birds oh, as yeah. in titles and in the costume designs. Mm, absolutely. And, um, oh, Phoenix's name. I mean, heck, Phoenix. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, true, very true. And, like, what do you think um, the inclusion of Faust means to this movie? Um, because are you, do you know uh, the story about Faust? Um, oh, I, God, I, uh, not I, enough to yeah. go into great detail. I'm I, not sure if you I, do I, or not. I, I know that it's about this, uh, this German uh, doctor or... Um, philosopher who manages to animate reanimate uh, life after death and like it's very interesting that this movie but De Palma chose to include Faust as the music piece in this movie and I, I feel that there has to be some deeper meaning uh, with that but I unfortunately can't understand it myself either um, but I, I loved what's your I don't know if I could really offer much mm. on the Faust meaning, and I'd love to know more about it from anyone. Yes, really. Me but too. The 
music, like when he plays his pieces of his um, musical composition of Faust. Yeah. I love the piano. Um, it's not, the, yeah. Just the solo piano bits in this film are really lovely to me. They are very beautiful, yes. And it also shows uh, the comparison of how innocent uh, Winslow's music is compared to what Swan turns it into because there is another version of the song later on in the movie that Swan sings and you can you notice that it is much more different in tone and um, structure than the song that Winslow opens with in the paradise mm, yeah the um okay well I think we said a lot about this film. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, do, you have any, do you have any critiques that you'd like to share, Georgia? I think you love it a little bit more than I do, oh, so I can tell. Yes. Like, I, I honestly don't have any uh, quarrels or critiques about this movie. I think it works in its own self. It It is in its own universe, and it doesn't really have to follow the same linear uh, structure as every other movie does. And... I think it I think that is what nails this movie is just the, the look and feel of it. And after having rewatched it so many times, um I I honestly don't find any gripe with this. Um although there is there is some there is some form of improvement here, but it's not that strong that it's not very off-putting of the movie. And um uh, I think that perfectly sums up how I feel about this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I, de- I totally agree with you. Um, I I have critiques about the film. I, I actually, after talking about it with you, I yeah, do I'm appreciate very, it. I'm very interested in hearing what your critiques are. Um, yeah, I no, I appreciate the film more, I think, after talking about it with you, but there are even things like beyond its control, like the production wise, um, there's mm. that jarring scene where he's talking at the airport in front of that podium. And it's just that a very, um, noticeable <laughs> replacement digitally placed on image of the dead birds logo. Oh yes. And I, 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 it's so goddamn distracting, and I know that's not like the biggest thing you should critique. Yeah. Film, but I hate, I hated it though. It was just, it was like I don't know. It was really weird. Yeah, there is there is actually a reason behind that, um, uh, because initially uh, the record name of this movie was called Def Records, but uh, it turned out that that was a record label that was already taken. So in I think the, from Led Zeppelin, actually. Yes, that is right. So in the future yeah. releases of this movie, they had to edit out uh, Def Records and they just used the um, the upside down bird or the, the, the yeah, yeah, and that's what I mean. So it's not even really about the film mm. itself. It's just the production that went the hiccups that they had to really get through and the friggin' high bars and all this crap and lawsuits everything around it just kind of eventually it did start to tear away at bits of the film and Mm. that that to me is noticeable oh Um, yeah i hated that i hated that honestly and i don't think there's ever going to be a point of me 
watching that scene and not being like, oh, <laughs> man, this is taking me so out of the film. No, I, I perfectly understand understand why why you why you think so. And yeah, like I. I, to me, it's not bare. It's not that noticeable, but it 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 can be. It is very. It can. It is very annoying. I, I can definitely see your 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 points of that, and uh, yeah, it's it's a shame that there's nothing they can do about it. Pretty much. But uh, yeah, they well, unless there's a new version they could release where no one gives a crap. <laughs> ah, <laughs> that, that just yes. the original version came out, which would be great. <laughs> that is um, other critiques I have with the film. I think are just really personal, mm. honestly. Like I think a bits of the story around the end for me start to i wouldn't say drag Mm. but it it, like the start of the film was more like it was it was setting you up for a really good ride and like it had a story to tell and then it's it had to take itself a little bit more seriously at some point which is completely understandable but i think when it started doing that it's it didn't lose me but it's just like i don't know it's just the mood set i wasn't wasn't quite there yet mm, you know? yeah no absolutely i agree do you do you think that will change if you do rewatch of this like yeah oh, def- definitely this is one of those films that i think if i rewatch it again it oh, i it's not ever gonna go lower it's only probably gonna go higher so oh yeah yeah no that, that that's that's the fine thing with films is when uh like like first impressions aren't always what they seem to be, and I, I love that when when a film uh, proves you wrong with the second impression you get from it, and I I, I like that very much. All right, Jar Jar. So you tell me, is this a five for you? Uh, I think it is. A five. It is. It sounds like it's a five for me, but I I, I give it four and a half. Um, uh, a, a very generous uh, no not not a very generous but a well-deserved four and a half um because it 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 just works so well as a film and it's it's a film i've watched so many times over and over and um it, it's easily become one of my top 10 favorite movies well not top 10 but maybe top 20 um which is such a cool movie about music and sound uh, and that is something that always interests me uh, quite a lot um yeah no i for my score i'm gonna probably stick with my four yeah um it's a great movie i mean there's no doubt about that it's it's a great movie it's really well done and i think there's a lot to um unravel with every watch that you you sit down and take and oh, listen wow. to the music and listen to the lyrics and definitely um, yeah no i and i think the appreciation for the music is just one of the things that will probably grow every time i watch it too oh yeah yeah i i, I feel yeah it, it really does like this this whole soundtrack is uh it's like i have it on my phone <laughs> and it's something i yeah. listen to daily so it's uh, yeah it's a very very amazing soundtrack and um, before we move on though we got to mm. talk about trivia oh because yeah because you can't you can't talk about a movie without talking about a little bit of what's behind the movie that so is, let's get into it that is very true yeah, according to William Finley, the record press in which the character Winslow was um, disfigured was a real pressing plant. Um, it was used for making like toys or something like that. Oh. But he was worried about whether the machine would be safe, 
and the crew assured him it was. The press was fitted with foam pads, um, and there were chocks, so like little little wooden chocks to make sure that it didn't close fully. Uh, yeah, put in the center to stop it from closing completely unfortunately the machine was powerful enough to crush the blocks mm-hmm. um that it gradually kept closing and it was finley's speed and timing that saved him from being seriously hurt in other words from him seriously getting his head squished um as his head was oh as he was getting his head um out his scream in that scene when he's getting pressed, mm. is in fact not acting. That is his real scream because he was <laughs> really worried that he was going to die. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's great. That is the best trivia I can get with this film. Mm. Um, a lot of the other trivia we kind of already talked about. Yeah. Like the lawsuits that they got into yes. having to replace. I, I, I need to... Um, I, I, I said something wrong when I said about the label it was swan song that was the original label in the movie and that's that, right it's yeah. swan song yeah you're and, right and sorry and that was that was the label owned by led zeppelin as you said yeah and uh, yeah. Th- that's why they changed it to deaf records instead yeah that's right I, yeah uh i i have i can't say anything else oh wait i i oh do you have some trivia uh, i i do i uh the the opening, uh, the opening narration in this movie is done done by none other than Rod Serling of uh, the Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, that's right too. Yeah, it's perfect too. I love it. There was another trivia, interesting trivia I found here, and that is uh, Sissy Spacek um, uh, worked as a set dresser for this film um, since she was together with his boyfriend jack fisk who was the production designer of this movie and she also had auditioned for the role of phoenix but uh, initially lost to uh, jessica harper oh i actually have i just remembered two more bits of trivia that i want to um say so one okay i'll I'll just go into the electronic room in which winslow uh leach composes his uh uh cantata Katata, I can't even say that word. <laughs> Where he composes his music. Thank you. Um, we're in fact an actual recording studio. Uh, the recording planet. The walls were covered with knobs. Uh, are in reality are huge and custom built. Um, all of it, all of it's real, which nice. is pretty cool. That is very cool. Um, yeah. an, another thing which I find really cool is that the film was a box office flop the year it came out. But the only place <laughs> that it was really successful is basically my hometown <laughs> in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. So that's, that's really cool. It that stayed cool. in theaters for like months on end. <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty sure it's earned it's 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 gotten a much more cult following um, uh, late, later on. Um, oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think it's in the list of cult followed following. Yeah. Cult followed movies. Oh, absolutely, and um, yeah, like I can, I can definitely recommend getting the Arrow uh, DVD releasing of this movie because the Blu-ray restoration is uh, done uh, perfectly. And oh, great! That's really good. Um, I, I do have to say this though, Jar Jar. Yes. Will it blow out my ears? 
uh will blow up your ears uh yes i, f I think i think it will <laughs> oh okay. well that's great because the next movie is blowout oh segue <laughs> <laughs> Brian De Palma's Blowout. Now you hear it. Now you don't. <laughs> what a was that good? That was, oh, you did it. You did it perfectly. <laughs> so, yeah, why don't, right. why don't you introduce the second movie of our, um, of our uh, episode? Certainly. Well, let's talk about the summary. So Jack Terry is a master sound recordist who works on grade B horror movies, as well as, I think, porn. I, I don't think it's yeah. mentioned in the movie, but no. I think it, yeah, just, just a given. Pretty um, much, yeah. Yeah, because you can see it in the studio walls. You're like, that's not a... <laughs> you just see it. Yeah, there, there's like a sign outside where it says XXX rated movies, and <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah. Definitely. Anyways, late one evening, he is uh, recording sounds for his use in his movie when he hears something unexpected through his sound equipment and records it. Curiosity gets the better of him when the media become involved and he begins to unravel uh, the pieces of... I can't read that word because it's too far away. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> unravels a conspiracy that he's basically a part of and no one really no one wants to help him and it's just his struggle about him wanting to not fall into the same um same traps that he had placed before him mm -hmm. with his previous career yes and um the film is really self-explanatory. I mean, cons mm. compared to um, the Phantom, it's uh, a lot simpler, but mm -hmm. it's just as good. I I'd say it's just as good. Personally. Yeah, yeah. Like um, I, I feel it's 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 that hunch uh, better than uh, Phantom, and uh, it's a very well-crafted suspenseful thriller. Um, and the way it uses sound as a as a motivator for this movie is done in a very good, very brilliant and creative way. And um, yeah, yeah the, the 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 performance is top notch. The 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 story is very interestingly crafted, where you don't really feel um, bored with this movie, and it just. Um, it it introduces a very interesting interesting uh antag antagonist to this movie who is very cunning and um it shows that you can't really trust anyone in this movie and um in the center of all, in the center of it all you have John Travolta who is this very naive person that looks very innocent but he is destined to get to the bottom of it and um uh yeah i just uh, having having watched this um during the weekend i just had a very 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 fun moment with it and yeah well uh, this this film is very fresh in my mind considering i watched it 
last night. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it, for the first time too, mind you. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, it stars John Travolta, um, as well as uh, Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen, who is also famous for playing in RoboCop and. Uh, some other uh, she she's played in other De Palma movies like Dress to Kill, uh, which is I haven't seen that but I've heard it's good. So, all right, what, well let's get back to the overall feeling of this movie, other than the fact that yeah, oh uh, okay with this one, I think for anyone listening, definitely spoilers. I I, I don't think we could talk about this film without spoiling. Oh it, no, it's full of yes. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a, I would say it's more or less not as chirpy <laughs> as the Phantom. It's not um, as trippy, no. No, and it's it's a lot more sad, to be honest. It, it uh, is very dark, absolutely. Yeah, and um, it's yeah that whole. I mean, we, we we'll get to the end because we 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 kind of need to talk about that. Um, in in, in detail because it it just wraps up the movie in a very uh, very dark and brilliant way Uh, but um, uh, um, should we just talk about we can cut out this whole where you started um, we can just cut this all out should we just talk about instead of going through the key points how about we just jumble them all together yeah, that sounds good. To, yeah. to about the end, because I think when I look back on what we wrote here, mm. it's hard not to talk about all of these things at the same time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree. Then uh, okay. I'll cut this part out, and then I say cut. So, and um, yeah, I what this what this movie does really well is. It uses sound um, in a good way. Um, I love that. I, I particularly love that scene where John Travolta is uh, out um, at night trying to record wind noises um, for this horror movie, and he's he has this very detailed microphone that catches sound from a distance, and you can just uh, he just goes around with his microphone uh, in like 360 degrees and you can hear all the sound effects around him and it just uh, and like you first he points it at this couple who's on the bridge and you can hear their voice in detail and then he uh, goes and then he hears a noise uh, kind of like a string that is pulling or like you assume it's a frog um, and yeah, because of the the previous frog too. Yeah, you know, it made me it made me wonder. As much as the sound design in this movie is great, hmm. the the device that's being used in the film for recording the sound that, that wouldn't pinpoint sound though. It wouldn't. No, <laughs> it's it's it, like it's it's not that detailed. I've used one of those microphones, and it 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 really doesn't catch sound more than like a couple of feet, couple couple of feet. Yeah. A little bit of movie magic, definitely easy to look <laughs> over, but in oh, the same yeah. sense, you're like, well, shouldn't there be like a cone on that or something? Like that? <laughs> right, there would be so much uh, feedback and static. <laughs> that it, uh... Yeah, but the uh... sound, oh, the sound, the sound is great, and um, sound is perfect. Yeah, o- overall, with the the way it's, I mean, De Palma's way of directing is so unique, and mm-hmm. it works 
really well for this film. I mean, there's a lot to really appreciate here. Really um, is. And uh, it, it's his quick pace of storytelling too, yeah. which is like it grabs you. Like you, you get introduced to the character, you have a really good sense of who he is, and then the story starts, and it's just like a whole um, rolling stone that won't even stop and then you get to the end and then, then that's it i know i'm basically saying the same thing for both films but, oh yeah I mean, no but that is perfectly uh, very very noticeable and i i definitely agree with that um i mean it's like it's it's like this sort of thing with De palma um it's a lot more prominent in his earlier films uh, rather than his uh, later films um which is yeah which is somewhat a shame because um he's made some poor poor decisions later on the the great thing about this film is it was it had its cinema cinema oh wow it had its cinematography done by uh Vilmos Ziz, i can't pronounce his last name it's Zizkmond 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 yeah. yeah um who's done a film that judger and i were just talking about um the long goodbye oh yeah oh that. he did that right i mean yeah. that's that's yeah. <laughs> of course <laughs> of course because it was very the cinematography was very similar from this and the long goodbye yeah um, it really was it, it's easy to notice and oh. i mean that the cinematography is like without a doubt i'm also one of the best things i'm also noticing he did the cinematography for the deer hunter as well and uh yeah. wow he he has a brilliant track record uh, yeah he has a really good track record um I, it's honestly hard to deny like he's not really good oh or yeah he, <laughs> you know like it's hard to say but he also, um, he also did, uh, yeah, he also did uh, for del deliverance as well, and wow, that is impressive, and uh, yeah. How did the, you feel about um, John Travolta's acting? I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. Um, like, uh, I I really love John Young John Travolta. I I think he he had a very good career going early on, and uh, he. He just has this look to himself where he has very innocent looking eyes and uh, you can just you can't uh, stop but feeling a bit sorry for him in this movie um, and uh, uh, yeah I've uh, stellar performance and I I one thing I also loved about his um, about his performance in this movie is his Naive, naivety, um, how he kind of wants to get to the bottom of it, even though um, it was just a coincidence that he was there, and um, he could he could easily just walk away um, without needing to worry about it. Because, but because he's a very moral character, he kind of wants to do the thing that's right and save this, um, save Nancy Allen's character. Um, yeah, and he also wants to get out of the rut of having been put in a terrible situations in previous career oh uh, yes that is career. right that is right and yeah Tour. because there is that flashback early on uh, like the flashback about him being um, 
a wire guy for this undercover operation. Um, that's basically a person who puts on a wire on a person and monitors, monitors their sound. And I thought that was a very interesting motive um, for what he did in the past and um, and why he's so good with sound. And um, and then it, it calls back to that scene later on where he uh, puts a wire on... Um, uh, Nancy Allen's character and uh, there is another scene I really love and that is when they're in the motel room and he's just listening back to the um, recording he did that night and he's he's just holding a pencil and he's just envisioning the sounds that are happening around him and it just yeah. show, it just shows that character is really good at noticing sound because yeah there is uh, it's such a great scene too. I'm glad you mentioned that yeah. scene because it also shows like him doubting himself in that moment mm. because it's all happened in such a like a, a flash second. He goes to the hospital. Everybody's telling him that he's he's wrong. Yes, and yeah. he keeps trying to prove like well he can't prove himself but he knows without doubt that he's right and then he gets back to the hotel room and obviously of course the first thing you're gonna think is what if i'm wrong and oh. so he, like you said he plays out that night in his head and it's um it, it really is a good scene and i don't have such a strong opinion of Dr john travolta especially mm. nowadays yeah same <laughs> <laughs> uh aka the fanatic oh but, uh, anyways oh god yeah <laughs> But you're right. Back in his heyday, um, he was good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he also played in Carrie, which was a couple of years prior to this, and uh, a much smaller role. But I thought he did good in that one as well. And um, yeah, well, the with this film, we might as well go into the depressing. Uh, oh yeah, conclusion of it really, right. which is. Um, because, which because, uh, which just leads him down to uh, trying to prove yeah his, what he knows and um, do the right thing. Like you said, he's a he's a really um, strong moral moral character, and uh, yeah. that's another great thing about this film too. Is there's there is a bit of a a love interest, but it, it's never enough to be like mm, yeah. It's never enough to make it a, a a point or a bit of the of the movie that's like, oh, he also is trying to get the girl. It's never really about that. It's like, oh, he's attracted to the girl, but really, his main focus is just trying to prove what he knows. Yes, and um, absolutely, it never goes past that. Like they could have easily done something in that hotel. Like any other director could have taken that hotel scene and it's like, ooh, no, he gets with the lady and <laughs> they it just never goes down that path and like ever at all and even when john travolta starts to build that good mm. relationship with her he uses that moment to be like okay well if we're on the same side why aren't you helping me oh and yeah like he pushes it and he stays in his, well i shouldn't say he stays in character it's more about his character being written so um correctly yeah absolutely and I, I perfectly agree with that, and it, it, it yeah. And then in in the end, you just see him all broken up, and um, he's 
just living in his own personal hell uh, where he needs to hear that scream over and over again. Over and over again, yeah. So in the movie, because you really can't talk about this movie without spoilers. In the movie, yeah. he basically has it so it's, it's set up. So um, Nancy Allen's character um, is going to go meet a... Uh, news reporter, news right? Reporter, yeah, TV, that's yeah, right. News reporter, and immediately it goes awry, and he tries his hardest to not relive the same events from his past. Mm-hmm. Um, and though as desperately as he tries, uh, he fails, yeah. which is the, probably the biggest twist in this movie because you think like it's got to end somewhat good, right? Like, how's it going to end? And right. it, it just failed, <laughs> and he's left with the same thing like he's got it all recorded and um there's this recurring uh bit of the movie where uh, the b-grade horror film that he's working on has a terrible scream at the start that's another thing we should <laughs> yeah. have a little <laughs> right. bit later that was very funny. a terrible scream at the start and so obviously when um nancy allen's character is being murdered uh she lets out such a incredibly good scream yeah. and obviously every well, that, another part of the film is all of his all of his effects have been like deleted yeah not oh deleted, right yeah destroyed and obviously so he's going to finish the film and he gives them the scream and like you said he's just haunted <laughs> it, it's it sucks so much because he like you care about where he is at the end of this film and he's just in a worse off place yeah. and it, it's not even his fault either it's like trying to do the right thing just left him even more numb and cold to the world and it, it it's it's great mm. in a movie sense but in you know in the sense that it's like what it's trying to write out there and like any realism that you can grab from it it's just terrible you know? yeah, oh yeah yeah absolutely no yeah that was very perfectly said uh what what, what you said about that scene and well we could talk about the start and yeah. the the yeah. <laughs> very because shitty I, I i love that i love that movie within a movie in this movie um that like i, I can perfectly see myself as that being a B movie, I would very much love to see. <laughs> it just it's just this very shitty slasher movie, <laughs> and yeah, yeah he's filled he... with boobs. Like how many boobs? In that movie? <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> and it's I think what is like ten minutes of the film, right? And it's like <laughs> there's a lot of it, but the scream is <laughs> the scream that comes little that lady. The shower curtains open <laughs> opens, and all you hear is. it's so good (laughs) yeah it's perfect there's a lot to love about this movie and i'm i'm so glad i get to watch it 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 made me more of a brian de palma fan watching these two movies and i'm i'm really excited to watch more oh yeah uh, films as well i'm very glad you're saying that because he um there are so many good movies uh, he, he's made um, uh, prior to his more famous ones. And um, uh, yeah, th- like one thing I also love about Blowout is um, while it's a captivating thriller, it's also a good movie about making movies. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, no, it really is. Yeah, definitely. With with the sound design, and I love that one particular scene where he's trying to animate the pictures in the newspaper, and it shows in detail how you do that uh, in in like the studio uh, where you take a still picture of uh, like. Um, close-up picture of the still picture and then the next picture and that turns into like this animation and the same is when he's trying to pinpoint pinpoint the uh, audio on the uh, on the recording he made and he like marks marks on the film reel where it cuts out and it it's just uh it's, it's just a really well-crafted scenes for for movie lovers like you and I, and it just um... well, not it, not even for movie lovers too. Actually, that's one of the things that I I, I really do appreciate about this film because, like you said, it, it's a movie about making movies. But a lot of films like that are almost catering to people like you and I, mm. um, who are cinephiles and love mm. movies. Anyone else who's watching it and are just the average everyday moviegoer, yeah, they might not give a shit. But this movie here, you throw all that stuff in, and every single person—it doesn't matter who you are—is on board because it's not. It like you're right. It's a movie about making movies with a great story attached yes. to it. Oh yes, absolutely. And there I think my favorite scene in this movie is um uh when he goes back to his office to his sound uh, sound booth and he notices all his uh all his rec tapes are deleted and mm. the the the, ca the camera just pans uh, around the room with this nice it's like you're seeing multiple scenes yeah I love yes. that scene as well it's so good yeah but there's also this uh, yeah you have the split screen scenes that's also yep. very prominent in um, in Phantom of the Paradise but the one I'm talking about is the one it just the camera just spins in the room while it, it, it yep. while it plays off this very haunting sound in the background and you can kind of feel that just like just yeah. a blank reel spinning and no sound whatsoever yes, and and you, 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 you could uh, see and hear his frustration yes absolutely every that, single tape he shoves in that cassette yes that was what i was gonna mention that you can perfectly feel the anxiety in that scene and i just oh it was it was it it, it yeah it gave me a very pleasing movie moment and it's cinematography like that that just gives me like that mm, oh yes i love that one other person we actually didn't mention oh. which i feel has to be mentioned is the fact that uh john lithgow is the killer in this film yeah and i i think he does an amazing performance um he like he's the type of character who just enjoys every aspect of what he's doing and he doesn't see anything wrong with that and he just he's he he's the perfect sociopath in this movie and i uh, yeah I, I think he was a good character uh, yeah his his acting here is very reminiscent um of i i have to imagine when he played uh, a serial killer in the show dexter he took a lot of what he did here and oh, just brought that over to that show right i, I totally forgot he was in that uh, because i don't I've honestly haven't seen much, um, many movies. I haven't seen much with John Litko, and um, like he. Well, he's in Planet of the Apes. Um, 
he was in the accountant. I mean, there, I, I think there's a lot of films I've seen with him in it, nice. as well as Shrek. I mean, oh, yeah. we've all seen Shrek, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but yeah, <He's, laughs> yeah. So, hmm. but, um, but oh but, yeah, there is a like that character also has like this. Um, he has a wristwatch, and on that he has a string that he uses to strangle. But maybe I shouldn't mention this because that well, that pretty much spoils um, a huge twist in this movie. So just forget I said anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay. Well, I think we talked about this film hmm. pretty well. It, it, it's a great... Oh, would you say it's a thriller? Yeah, I'd say I, it's a thriller. It's, it's like, yeah, I would say it's a political thriller, uh, definitely. Yeah, political thriller. That's a that's a really good one to say. Um, yeah, I I think it's really good. Um, like, who did the good. music for this uh, film? The uh, composer was uh, Pino Donaggio. Pino Donaggio. Donaggio, yeah. Um... Oh, I, I'm just gonna see. Yeah, it is labeled as a thriller mystery crime. Mm, um, yeah, but the the film is beyond like what I thought it was gonna be, and it was great. Like I loved, I loved so much of what it was. Um, I for critiques, I don't. God, I, I really can't think of much. Me neither. Um, it's. Uh... It's very hard if I need to find, because in fact, um, this is a five out of five uh, star movie for me, um, just because, uh, one, there is so much uh, so much Tarantinoism in this movie uh, that it's just, uh, that it, it, it's just um, so wonderful. And two, it's a very griping story and it just, it's just very perfect. Um, um, I think. I think for me personally, it's a four point five. Mm, uh, if nice. anything, I, I think it's probably going to get bumped up to five with future watches. But as at, at the time being, there's still that sense of. Um, I, I think there is. There's just this bit in the middle that sits a little bit uncomfortable with me. And I think it's, it's a lot of it has to do with the, um, uh, John Lithgow's character. I don't know. It, it's weird because it's like, we have John Travolta yeah. and he's steering us in the direction of the story. And then you have John Lithgow's character in the middle here. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to do this and this and this and I'm going to make it seem like a, like he's saying all this to the guy on the phone I'm going to mm -hmm. make this seem like a, a serial killing and you, that there it was fine like everything was good about it but it's just like oh okay it just felt different all of a sudden um, even though it makes total sense with the rest of the film it just all of a sudden it, it just felt like I don't know I guess I wanted my my villain not to be just a crazy guy you know uh, what i mean yeah no that makes sense absolutely but uh it, i it, it wasn't what the movie was about to me i guess that's what i'm saying and mm -hmm. then when the movie kind of focused a little bit more on it it's just like 
Oh, but mind you, this is me totally nitpicking. Oh like, yeah, this is no, me yeah, that's, that's shit valid. to complain about. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, this movie is great, and I'm still giving it a four point five. Like I can't, mm. I can't stress that enough. It's a, it's a really good movie. Um, so you know what? Okay, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, you could tell both films were by uh, De Palma. Yes, um, Brian De Palma, and. You can guess that both films follow the theme of sound design. Oh, yeah. uh, obviously, Phantom of the Paradise has a lot of sound design in it. It's got whole scenes shot where it's just a recording studio. And yeah, that that's that's this, so true. And yeah, and then this film here with Blowout, you have. Um, whole scenes of just being shot in recording or not recording studios but yeah. uh sound editing studios yes <laughs> that is so true and it's it's a both good movies for uh for sound heads who who just love uh, sound productions and and i i could say both you and i are both big audiophiles as well too. oh yeah I, absolutely I just, without yeah. a doubt I, you know what's one thing I wish about this movie? Um, the version I watched wasn't Dolby, <laughs> but it would it would have been great to see Blowout in like if it was remastered in like a, a Dolby like seven point one surround sound because oh. that would be that'd be really cool. Yeah, um, I know I know there is a Criterion version of Blowout, um, and there is there is also an Arrow releasing of Blowout. Um, so I'm I'm pretty sure they must have improved the sound quality on the Blu-ray Blu-ray restorations. Yeah, uh, I, uh, the sound it's rare to get this kind of um, theming with the same director. You yeah, know? yeah. I true. mean, uh, you could say easily like, oh, but Martin Scorsese, you could easily do gangster <laughs> films. But see, that's just a broad sense of like gangster films. Yeah. But this is so. This is sound design, and Brian De Palma basically did two films about sound design. <laughs> yeah, so true. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That was> perfect. <laughs> so I, I, it was unique, and when I told Jar Jar that we should, because originally we had for the longest time, like Phantom of the Paradise. Yes, mm -hmm. we're doing a podcast about this film, and then when we started saying like, "Oh, should we do two movies instead?" It just seemed. <laughs> supernatural when jar jar said well let's do blowout and i was like yeah yeah that, that's <laughs> perfect oh, absolutely and um yeah I'm, I'm very glad we decided to do these two movies because they they fit so well together and um and it's also nice uh, because both because there's like not many years between these two movies so they kind of utilize the same camera work and um Obviously, they both use the same uh, signature as De Palma with the split-screen scenes. Uh, uh, like uh, we we forgot to mention that one particular scene in um, in Phantom of the Paradise, where uh, it's the first scene where the Phantom tries to blow up uh, this, um, this sound. Uh, this uh, oh yeah, this, this uh, rehearsal, and there is one camera that focuses on a bomb that he places in the trunk of a car and the other camera focuses on the performance on stage and it just just in it just follows those 
both two cameras in one take and it's oh it's so brilliant and, and, spe and speaking of sound design with that scene the ticking oh of the, the bomb ticking goes, yeah it works uh, like a metronome it's, and it's the same yeah it's it's a, works as a metronome for the the music that's being played which is great yeah. beyond belief like, i love that that's such a great detail um it, it just shows that brian De Palma himself is an audiophile like he he oh, has yeah. A keen ear for this kind of stuff and he knows that movies aren't just about what's being shown to you it's literally all all of your senses if good like i i swear to god if brian de palma could put smell into his film he probably freaking would <laughs> that is perfect <laughs> um but yeah so brian de palma as a whole you i think you've definitely have more experience with him than i do yes yeah. i've like I've literally just seen Phantom of the Paradise Blood. These are two films I've never seen before. I think. But have you seen any of his later movies? Like uh, no, he, he's so, made he's made Carlito's Way, The Untouchables, uh, Scarface. I I was just gonna say I think I've seen Untouchables. Mm. I think I have. I don't know if I. I can't remember. I think I did, but um, Mission Impossible, no. Carrie, yeah. no. Scarface, no. Carrie, <laughs> yeah. Carrie, I loved very much. Um, that was a movie I rewatched recently, and I, I also initially had to give that movie five stars too because it was just very fun going back to, and it's um, it's a very good horror movie. Um, I know, I know. I'm gonna be watching Carrie and Scarface relatively soon. Oh yeah, uh, without a doubt. Uh, I know. I'm gonna probably blow through a lot of De Palma's. Oh like, yeah, have to, especially with uh, body uh, body doubles. Yeah, that that is one I still need to see as well, and I, I've heard it's good. Uh, yeah, uh, I did see Obsession, obsessed. No obsession, though, and I, I didn't, I didn't think too much about that movie. Uh, that was a bit, that was right after Phantom, so that was a bit surprising. But um, it was, it, it wasn't, it, it felt like him trying to make a Jalo movie, um, which doesn't really fit that well. Um. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? Before we even end this off, we completely forgot to do our trivia for blow oh how could we Ooh. well that was close <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, well here we'll we'll start with this one john travolta suffered from insomnia during the shooting of this film his lack of sleep helped him create a very moody for performance oh, perfect i mean that's yeah i mean that but, uh jar jar and i talked about this trivia specifically before we started recording i can't believe we almost didn't mention it yeah so this one's really crazy that we thought uh everybody should know um did you want to read it or do you want me to read it i can, I can read it um okay go ba on. basically quentin tarantino stated in an interview that this film is not only his favorite um brian de palma movie but it was also the reason for him casting uh, travolta in pulp fiction and after after watching this movie that makes perfectly sense <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh, i told georgia it's one of the things i was thinking while i was watching the film is like man this performance is kind of similar to um pulp fiction and i was like i wonder if quentin tarantino cast him because of this film turns out i was i was right 
which is just a fleeting thought I had too. Oh yeah. But um, the the piece of trivia I was actually talking about was while he was uh while on the way to the airport, oh, the driver sorry. of the van. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. You got the <laughs> other one. Uh, the driver of the van containing two reels of uh of footage of the Liberty Parade sequence, which is like one of the biggest parts of the freaking movie. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. That's when he drives. Yeah. So the the guy, um, the driver of the van, stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts, leaving the van unattended. It was the the reels were stolen while he was inside getting his donkey donkey donuts, oh, wow. and the, the the footage was never seen again. Um, the crew had to return to Philadelphia just to reshoot the entire entire scene, which cost seven hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. The cinematographer, who we both I could say, without a doubt, you and I are both a fan of Vilmos. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, was no longer available, so he had to be replaced with someone else. Which I actually think, with with knowing that information, oh. is actually noticeable to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, like I could play that whole sequence in my head, and I could see how hmm. it's not. But it, it makes me sad too because. Uh, we both love this film so much. Yeah. Imagine how much more we probably would have loved it. That's true. If it was, was it if that original was never taken? Was it the entire uh, car scene uh, that was? Uh... It's like the entire thing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that, this is a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. That 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 scene took at least ten minutes or so, and uh, uh, I I'm also seeing here that. Al Pacino was actually De Palma's first choice um, for the role as uh, Jack Terry, and um, I don't know. I, I don't I, think that would have worked. No, I would. Uh, I don't. Think, I can't see it. I no, can't see it. I'm, and too. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm a big like go John Travolta, <laughs> but Al Pacino. It just doesn't. It it doesn't fit. No, like yeah, no. John Travolta was obviously the better choice. And he 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 definitely nailed it out of the park. Yeah. Oh, and I also yeah. see that Brian De Palma and Nancy Allen were married uh, during the making of this film. Oh, uh, the other thing we have to say too is, um, oh, um, the the fact that so Blowout is obviously heavily inspired by um, Blow Up, the, yeah. a, a different. By Michael Michelangelo Antonioni's, um, uh, yeah, which has a very similar plot. Um, a photographer, well, it's it's basically the same plot, but replaces the sound designer with photographer. Yes, that's right. Um, both films, Jar Jar and I haven't seen uh, Blow Up. But we we intend to very soon. Oh yeah. And can never, uh, but obviously can never get enough are, uh, can never get enough Italian films no you can't but um oh <laughs> uh, yeah so I I had a blast with both these films Jar Jar me too thank you very much yes De Palma you're very has, welcome uh, and I'm yeah De Palma very, has been great yeah I'm very honored that I opened that door for you and that you now can with 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 great pleasure view many other great De Palma movies. <laughs> yeah, and for anyone who's listening to us, uh, the thousands about thousands of uh, listeners that we have. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen either of these films, you should just 
uh, get get home, find it, download it legally or on the streaming service, whatever you got to do. Yes. Go to a rental store if you go to support your local theater. Um, just find a way to watch these films because you'll have fun. I mean, the end of the story. Is, oh they're, yeah, they're good, films. solid films, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, what, what, everything what Max said, go go do that right away. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks, Jar Jar, for another great podcast, and Likewise, for everybody else. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you later. Yes. Until next time. Bye bye. Roll on thunder, shine on lightning, the days are long and the nights are bright.